Uh, it's great to great to be here. Great to see you all. Who likes online shopping? Okay. Oh, it's good to see a couple of gentlemen. I I asked the same question at Playford. It was only teenage girls that put their hands up. So online shopping. Uh, I have a couple of. Uh, couple of daughters that are working, they've got their own money, they've got their little cards, uh, they've started doing online shopping. Um, we have a delivery guy who I'm getting to know very well. Uh, my oldest daughter, Joanna, Joe, she started the little trend of online shopping and uh, just so happens the delivery guy always seems to come when I'm home and he goes, Joe, and rather than trying to explain, I just say, yes, thank you. So he thinks my name's Joe. Uh, my second daughter got a job. She started online shopping. Now he's really confused because he's not sure if I'm Joe or Jesse. <laughs> anyway, I tried online shopping. Um, I'm not very good at fixing things, uh, but my, the inside handle of the car door, the little plastic handle of the car door, snapped off. So I thought, how do you, how do you fix one of those? Uh, don't have too many wreckers around. It used to be the old days where you'd find a wrecker and just go and get a screwdriver and pull things off and put them back on. Uh, contacted the original. It's, it's a lot of money to get an original part. Uh, and then I Googled. $5 from some other country. I thought, great, order that. Uh, wait a couple of weeks, it comes. I ordered the wrong one. Doesn't fit. <laughs> Vacuum cleaner broke down. Uh, the, the, the spinny bit that picks up all the the fur and the loose threads and stuff, uh, stopped spinning. Pulled it apart and the, the rubber belt is snapped. I'll go online. Ordered online, uh, $3 or something for a couple of rubber belts. Uh, supposed to be the right model, supposed to be everything. All fitted. It felt a little bit tight, but I put it on anyway. Uh, that lasted a week. So I haven't had much good luck with online shopping. I don't know about you. Uh, but we like getting value for money. I didn't feel like I got value for money with my door handle that was the wrong one and my vacuum cleaner belt that only lasted a week. But we like getting value for money. Uh, who likes frozen Cokes from McDonald's? Yeah. $2 for a frozen Coke. And you get a large. Do you know it's $2 even if you just order a smaller, a small size? Who orders a small size for $2 when you can get a large? We want value for money. I want the most value for my money, but not just my money. And this is not a sermon about money, by the way, in case you're worried. Uh, I like to get value for money, but not just money. I like to get value for my time and my energy and my effort that I put. Yeah? We like to get value for stuff. Uh, we feel ripped off when we pay for something or we do something. It's, we don't quite get what we've ordered or what we wanted. Or we put a lot of effort into stuff and, and no one says thank you or no one notices or no one cares. We're always deciding what we will do based on what we're going to get out of it. Yeah? We look in life to get the most out of everything, the most value for our time and our money and our effort. And I think the reason why is because we don't like waste. We don't like things to go to waste. We hate the feeling that we've, we've put this time and effort or money in and it's just all gone to waste. But when you think about it, 
we do waste plenty of things, don't we? Particularly in our Western, fairly affluent society, we waste a lot of things. We throw food out, even though it might still be usable. Uh, have you driven through the, the suburbs and seen Hard Waste Day? And there's all this great stuff just sitting out the front of people's places. You can help yourself, apparently. Um, so we do waste a lot of stuff. But I think we don't like wasting stuff if it's going to cost us. I think that's the difference. We're okay to throw away stuff we don't want. But if it's going to cost us something, we don't like the thought of it being a waste. We don't like to give away too much because we're afraid that our time, our effort, or our money, that'll go somewhere else and we'll miss out. Sometimes I think we hold back. We hold back giving or doing because we're afraid that the cost might not be worth it. That the risk might not be worth the reward. And I wonder if sometimes it's the same with our faith. Do we have that same attitude in our faith? We stop and we think about what we're going to give to Jesus. And I wonder sometimes if we hold back from giving everything, giving our all to Jesus, because we're afraid that, well, am I, am I going to be wasting my time? Is it going to cost me too much? What if it's not worth it? What if the risk of giving everything for Jesus is not worth the reward? What do we get out of it? What if giving, serving, loving, worshipping Jesus ends up being a waste? My question this morning is this. How much is too much to waste for Jesus? How much is too much to waste for Jesus? We're going to be looking in Matthew chapter 26. Uh, Nigel's already read, it, uh, read for us the parallel story. It's the same story. The story's in three of the Gospels. He's read, you read from John. We're going to read from Matthew 26. Uh, and it's this very tiny, short, three-week series that we're doing here at Odinga. Uh, I'm just calling it Why? And if you read through the Gospels, you'll find time and time again, people ask Jesus questions, constantly asking Jesus questions. And a lot of them start with, why? But if you have another look through, you'll see that there's a lot of places where Jesus turns it around and he asks the question. He says, why? So the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at three, three of these questions. Let's start with why. The first one is here in Matthew 26, verses 6 to 13. Now, when Jesus was at Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, a woman came up to him with an alabaster flask of very expensive ointment. And she poured it on his head as he reclined at the table. And when the disciples saw it, they were indignant, saying, here's the question, why 
this waste. For this could have been sold for a large sum and given to the poor. But Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why do you trouble the woman? For she has done a beautiful thing to me. For you always have the poor with you, but you will not always have me. In pouring this ointment on my body, she has done it to prepare me for burial. Truly I say to you, wherever this gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. And once again this morning, we have fulfilled these scriptures by talking about this woman. I want you to imagine the scene that night. It's the evening meal. Jesus and his disciples uh, have gathered in the house of Simon the leper. Now, that might strike you. Simon the leper? The lepers were outcasts of society. They lived out on the outskirts of town, probably in little shanty, little setups. How's this guy in a house where he can invite people in and have guests? I'm assuming he's been healed. And maybe, just maybe, he was one of the lepers that Jesus healed. Because they're throwing a dinner party in honour of Jesus. It's the evening meal. Maybe the sun is starting to set. The oil lamps are burning around the room just to give some light. And as is the custom, they're not seated on chairs at a big table, you know, a big, big buffet spread. It's a low table. There's cushions all around, and they're kind of reclining, leaning on the cushions as they eat. It's a special dinner in Jesus' honour. And Jesus is there, and his 12 disciples... Simon the leper, of course, he's there, it's his house. But also Mary and Martha. You know Mary and Martha, you know those stories. And Mary and Martha's brother, Lazarus. And as they're chatting, perhaps they've started eating. There's a little buzz around the room. There's a hush comes over the room. Mary comes up behind Jesus and she's holding a small bottle, a bottle of perfume. And she breaks it open. And this is not a, a bottle that you unscrew the lid and you can use a little bit and put it on. This is broken and now you've got to use it all. And she breaks open the bottle and she starts to pour it on Jesus' head. And this ointment or perfume or, or fragrant oil starts running down. And she takes some and she wipes his feet. And she uses her hair as a, a cloth to, to wipe his feet and clean it up as well. An act of incredible love and devotion. I don't know if you can sense the emotion in the room as she does this thing. And as she does this, can you imagine the whispers starting around the room as the disciples look at each other, talk to each other under hushed tones? What is she doing? Hey, did you see what she's doing? 
What is she up to? Is, is this appropriate? Why is she tipping that out all over him? What a waste. Hey, we, do you know, does she know how much this is? We could have sold this. We could have used it to help so many people. Mary, psst, Mary, stop it. Stop. Jesus maybe raises his hand and says, shh, stop. Guys, stop. Leave her alone. Can't you see what she's doing? Can't you see the beauty in what she's doing, the love in what she's doing? Don't you understand? This perfume is not wasted. Out of love, she's preparing me for my death. A death that would come in only a few days. She's preparing me for my death, even if she doesn't realize what she's doing. She's done a beautiful thing. And guys, from now on, you know for sure that everywhere the gospel is preached, this story about her will be told. People will be talking about what she has done. It's an incredible story full of depth of emotion and power. You know, we can read this story and sometimes we, we just read it, uh, no offense, like a Bible reading. We just read it like a Bible reading and go, oh, that's nice. Or maybe we, like, well, we want to discuss it and get theological and have a good discussion about the finer points of the story. Uh, or maybe we just want to just, just enjoy this lovely story. I want to suggest that there is something in this story Something that the Holy Spirit spoke to Matthew and to Mark and to John and said, guys, you must include this in Scripture. This is so important. I want it in all three Gospels. Not sure why Luke missed out. But you've got to include this story because there is something in here that I want everyone to know. It's too important to miss. A couple of weeks ago, uh, I was out shopping and I get a message from my dear wife, Felicity, uh, attached with a photo. She says, this is a true story. I've run out of perfume. Chemist Warehouse has it on special. Can you, here's the picture. Can you go and get it for me? Sure. She doesn't ask for much, really. She doesn't ask for perfume every second week. And I'm thinking, it's a lovely thing. I'll go and get her some perfume. So I go down to the chemist warehouse. Uh, and if you've been there, you know that they keep all the perfumes locked behind the glass cabinets. So you can't just help yourself. Uh, and I'm a guy, so I'm looking at this going, I'm not sure. I'll ask someone. So I went to the shop assistant. I showed her the picture on my phone. I said, look, can you please get this? My wife wants it. It's on special. Fantastic. It was a 25-mil bottle of per... That, now, 25-mil sounds small to me, and $50 sounds expensive. But it was on special. So I said, yes, darling. Showed the assistant. She went and got me the perfume. I'm at the cash register, and she goes, that'll be $80, please. And I'm like, no. 
It should be $50. It's on special. And she looks at the phone and she looks at the box and she looks at the phone and she looks at the box. Oh, I've got you the 100 mil bottle of perfume. Now I'm suddenly doing quick math in my head. (laughs) 25 mil for $50. That's $2 a dab. $80 for a hundred mil, that's less than a dollar a dab. All right? I said, I'll take that one. Thank you very much. Felicity will get a wonderful surprise. Uh, I want to suggest that if I take that perfume home and I give it to Felicity, and then maybe a couple of days later, I find one of my children with the top off the bottle of perfume just tipping it on themselves, just having a bit of a bath, a bit of a wash in the whole bottle all at once, I'm going to suggest that I won't be happy. What a waste! You've just taken a $200 bottle of perfume, which I got for $80, a $200 bottle of perfume, and you've just thrown it all away at once. Can I suggest that that's almost what's happening in this story? But what is God saying in his word through his spirit to us this morning? I want to suggest the principle is this. There is no such thing as too much for Jesus. There's no such thing as too much for Jesus. Nothing given to Jesus is ever wasted. This bottle of ointment or perfume, it says it was, uh, I think in one one passage it says 300 silver coins. Another passage says worth a year's wages. Not $200, a year's wages. I googled this as well and tried to find out what's the equivalent year's wages in Australia today. And if you're on, if you have a full-time job on minimum minimum wage, you should be getting at least forty thousand dollars a year. If you're not getting that much, go and talk to your employer. <laughs> Make sure you're getting paid the right amount. But a minimum of forty thousand dollars. A lot of people that are working a full-time job are getting way more than that, but a minimum of $40,000. And Mary breaks this open and pours $40,000 on Jesus' head. The disciples were right. This could have done an awful lot of good for an awful lot of people. This could have been sold and fed the homeless, maybe built a couple of homes in nearby Bethany. This could have helped a lot of people and it was just spilled out all over Jesus. So what is it that made this waste? What is it that made this extravagant gift okay? And I want to suggest the answer is this. Because of who it was given to. It was given to Jesus. Jesus, the one who earlier on in the Gospels forgives sins and gets everybody's tongues wagging. Who is this that forgives sins? This is Jesus who, who eats and drinks with sinners and tax collectors, who came 
who came for sinners. And not just the really bad ones, but regular everyday sinners like you and me. This is Jesus. He's the one who heals the sick, who calms the storm, who delivers people from demons. He accepts the outcasts. He welcomes those whom society rejects and he spoke in a way that no one else had ever before. Jesus, the one who gave his life so that we may have new life. To show us what life can be like when it's filled with love and mercy and compassion and joy and hope. See, Mary could be so extravagant because she understood that seated in front of her was her Messiah, her Saviour, her best friend, her Lord. Mary had seen Jesus heal the sick. She'd seen Jesus come and weep in sorrow when her brother Lazarus died. She'd seen Jesus raise Lazarus from the grave. She'd worshipped at his feet. She knew who he was and this extravagant gift, this ridiculous sacrifice was not too much for her to give to him. It's not just about who it was given to, but about why. Because she loved him so much. And I think she would waste it on him again and again and again and again if she could. How much is too much to waste for Jesus? There's no such thing as too much for Jesus because nothing given to Jesus is ever wasted. So what about us today? 2,000 years later, is God asking you to take your perfume out of your cupboard and tip it out somewhere? I don't, I don't think so. But what about us? Are you willing to waste your life on Jesus? Are you willing to pour out your life for him? Just to, to give it completely to him to do whatever he wants. Not just set aside 90 minutes for a church service on Sundays. Not just volunteer a little bit here and there when it's convenient, when we're not too tired. Not just to give leftovers at the end of the week or the end of the budget or whatever it might be when we've got a little bit. Yeah, I can afford to give that. But to give everything, lock, stock and barrel to Jesus. And to say to him, here's my life. Here's my hopes and dreams. Here's my career, my ambition, my family, my social life, my calendar, my problems, my fears. Here it is, poured out for you, Lord. Like an expensive perfume that's running down your head, down your cheeks and onto the floor. Not wasted. Not rejected, 
not useless, but an offering. A fragrant aroma. A sweet smell that fills the whole place with that fragrant smell of pure love and devotion. How can you waste your life on Jesus today? I've got a couple of suggestions. You might pick one or the other, or you might say, you know what, I want to give everything. I'm going to pick something and do both. A couple of suggestions. First one is this. Would you be willing this week to do one extravagant act of love? Similar to a Mary. One extravagant act of love for Jesus' sake. I heard the story, I was listening to a podcast of another preacher and he was telling this story uh, about his wife who went to the supermarket. And as she's in the supermarket, she noticed uh, a young boy and a mum in a wheelchair. Uh, and as they were going, you know how you go to the supermarket and you, you bump into the same people every second aisle? This happened to her. And as she noticed these people, uh, this son and this, this mother, she noticed that they had a list and they were checking it carefully and they were looking for the best bargain and the lowest prices. And, and she realized these guys are finding it really tight. They're being super, super tight with it, super careful with their money. And she just kept bumping into them. And as she went to the checkout, she realized that she'd lined up right behind them. And something prompted her to say, you need to pay for their groceries. And so she did. Now, we've probably heard stories like that before. And it's, I don't say that's what you need to do this week, find someone to pay for their groceries. But just an example of an extravagant act of love. Done in Jesus' name. I'm not saying you have to preach to them or just give, whatever it might be. An extravagant act of love. Not to get attention, not to get anything back, not to be noticed, but just to honour Jesus. And this is the point where I'm supposed to say, be sensible, be careful, be wise. Don't be silly about it. But that's not what the story says. Mary gave a year's wages, a year's blood, sweat and tears. Maybe this bottle was her dowry. Maybe it was her uh, investment for the future. Maybe it was her legacy to leave for children. I don't know. But she wasn't wise or careful or smart. She was extravagant, ridiculous. So if God speaks to you in that way this week, just do it. It might be for a family member. It might be for a complete stranger. It might be for someone you just met. One extravagant act of love this week. For Jesus' sake. The second one's this. Maybe they're slightly related. One step of faith. One extravagant act of love 
or one step of faith? Where's your life going? Where's your life headed? What are you doing with your life? You've got hopes, you've got dreams, you've got plans, you've got ambitions. Uh, my third daughter's finished year 12, now her rest of her life is before her and she's thinking, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? I know some of us, we get older and we, we think there's not that much left, but we've still got the rest of our life left, however long that may be. Have you ever asked the question, not what do I want to do with the rest of my life, but God, what do you want to do with the rest of my life? A couple of weeks ago, I met with the principal of the Bible college, BCSA. And we had a good chat. And he told me during the conversation that all across the world, there is a shortage of pastors, ministers, missionaries, preachers, Christian leaders. So many in the last few years have retired and with the things going on in the world been burnt out or got ill and had to retire. Just plain quit because it's too hard. And you know this story. There, there are churches all across the world that are looking for people to step up. And in Bible colleges all across the world, particularly in the Western world, the enrollments have dropped by 30%. So my question is, who's going to step up and fill that gap? Where is the next generation of pastors and preachers and missionaries going to come from? And I'm, I'm not trying to hold them up as some super kind of people. There are less and less people going to Bible college, studying God's words, equipping themselves to serve Jesus. You know, is in a church, just a regular church service like this, part of my testimony is when that same challenge was put and I was sitting in the pew and I looked around, I literally looked around the congregation going, who's going to be the next pastor, missionary, Christian leader? And I didn't literally feel a tap on my shoulder, but it was that moment I thought, I think it might be me. I wonder, even this morning, whether God will tap someone on the shoulder and say, waste your life on me. Throw away your ambitions and you just throw it, waste it on me. And see what I can do. And not everyone's going to go to Bible college, become a pastor or missionary. But what is one step of faith that you can make today or this week? One step of faith. Maybe it's getting more involved in something that you've been holding back from because it's going to cost you too much of your time or effort. Maybe, maybe it's serving somewhere in your local church, helping out in a ministry. If I was to ask all the ministry leaders, do you need more people? I bet none of them would say, no, we're good, thanks. We're fine. We've got too many. The harvest is always plentiful and the laborers are always few. So I wonder if God will tap someone on the shoulder this morning and say, it's time.
Maybe it will cost you something. You have to give up something in order to commit to something. Maybe even this morning, your step of faith will be that very first step of trusting Jesus for the first time. Maybe you're worried that if you give your life to Jesus, you might be making a mistake. You might be wasting your life. But nothing given to Jesus is ever wasted. This morning, if, if you've been considering trusting Jesus for the first time, if you've been putting off that decision to accept Christ to become a Christian, then I want to ask this morning, I want to be bold, I want to ask, what's stopping you? Why not? What's holding you back? Why not give your heart and life to Jesus this morning? I know there are so many friends and people here who would love to share with you how and what an incredible journey it's been for them since they did that. One extravagant act of love or one step of faith. How much is too much to waste for Jesus? Nothing given to Jesus is ever wasted. And we're going to transition from the sermon to communion. I know Rachel's very excited to help out. You can come on down, Rachel, who's going to help us with communion. And this is a short time of celebrating, sharing together. For as we, the people of God here, pause and we reflect and remember Jesus. And we remember how he gave his life. How he completely wasted his life, if you like, for our sake. He didn't hold back anything. He gave his life so completely in order that we might have life. And so we take the bread, a symbol of Jesus' body, given for us completely on the cross as he was crucified. And we drink the juice as a symbol of blood that was shed for the forgiveness of our sins. You know, some may have looked at his body hanging on the cross and thought, what a waste. What a waste. But we today, we look back with gratitude and we can participate in life eternal because of what Jesus did. So no, his life was not wasted. In fact, his life is multiplied in the lives of all who have put their faith and trust in him. So this morning as we take the bread and drink the cup, we do so in remembrance of him. And we respond to his act of extravagant love. Here at ABBC, if you know and love Jesus, we invite you to come to particip participate in communion this morning. Come to the station over here or there's one over here. Uh, eat the bread. Uh, there's also a little tub of gluten-free bread there. 
eat the bread and take the cup and take it back to your seats and we will drink it together. So come and enjoy the gift of God as we celebrate communion.